We exalt you, Jesus. We exalt you today, Lord. And we ask you to continue to have your way, Lord, in this place, God. We thank you for your presence. We thank you that you visit us, Lord God. And in you, Lord God, in your presence, nothing can come in and cause harm, Lord. Nothing can come in and destroy what you're doing, Lord God. So we thank you, Lord. And we, Father, desire to be in your presence all the time, God. All the time, Lord. That you would envelop us, Lord God. And that you would continue to lead us and guide us. That our lives would bring you glory, Lord God. That in the mountains or in, in the mountaintop or in the valley, Lord God, that we would bring you glory, Lord. In the hardships, Lord God, in the victories, Lord, that we would bring you glory, Lord God. That we would stand, Lord God, for righteousness. That we would stand in these days that you set us in, Lord God. In these times that you placed us in, Lord God. That we would uphold the righteousness of God. That we would uphold truth, Lord God. That we would be led by you. We thank you for your love, Lord. Your love that handpicked us, Lord. That handcrafted us, Lord God. That chose us. That set us apart, Lord. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. We thank you for your gentleness and your love that leads us to repentance, God. So we ask you to continue to be in our midst, Lord. Continue to be in this place, Lord God. Speak to every heart, Lord God. And let none leave here the same way that they came in, Lord. So we thank you, God, for just uh, who you are. Have your way today, Lord. Minister a word, God. In Jesus' name, amen. Angie asked me to read a scripture that I believe is appropriate for this time. Yeah. And it says, uh, she's, yeah. The good thing about these glasses, you could wear them upside down or the other way and they still work. <laughs> it says, and I tell you that you are Peter and on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades will not overcome it. So we know that whatever is going on around us, that nothing's going to overcome the church. We are in God's perfect safety and protection. There's nothing that can overcome. And I want you to know that you are, uh, yes, give him glory. Let's give him a hand clap. Let's give him glory for what he's already done. But as I was preparing and, and I was just thinking about the times that we're, that we're living in and, and, uh, and, and the Lord just, you know, started to give me some scripture and, and started to speak to me. We'll see how far we get today. But so if I mention the name Billy Graham, how many people would know who I'm talking about in this place? Probably most of you. Now, if I mention the name Charles Bradley Templeton. How many of you have heard that name before? So Charles Templeton was a man that started his ministry around the same time that uh, Billy Graham started his ministry. And, and I read about him several months ago, and, and this is not to uh, say anything negative about the man or whatever, but he was a, a man that would... 
he, he, would, he would pack the auditoriums. And he was an anointed uh, man of God. And he was a leading evangelist in the 40s and the 50s. And, and he was a, a powerful minister and God would move in, in, uh, in his services. And the Lord's manifest presence would be there. And, and, and it was just like, like what we had today. But then he became a, an agnostic. After, after a while, he became an agnostic. And he, uh, you know, he, 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 uh, agnostic is a person who claims uh, neither faith nor disbelief in God. But from a powerful preacher, he became a, 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 someone that, that, that just didn't believe. And, and, uh, and I don't know, I know that he, he, he died years and years ago, 2001, I think, when I was looking. But uh, what I do know is this, is that we have been called and we have been set apart. And that's each and every one of us in this place. It's not just me and it's not just uh, my wife or Pastor Raul or anybody that's visibly in the ministry, Jason or, 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 or the ladies. It's, it's not just us. We've been called and we've been set apart. And what, what I would ask you is, what are you doing with the calling? Wouldn't it be tragic if, if, if in history your, your name came out that, that you started your service to the Lord at a certain time and God, God would visit you and God would move in your midst and God would be present in your prayer life and then you came to a place uh, in your life where you just couldn't quite believe anymore and you just didn't quite do what God had called you to do. So I'm going to talk a little bit about the calling for the few minutes that I have and, and gain just a, a little bit of a perspective about it. Because I myself, I don't want to finish in that way. You know, I, I know that we all go through some difficulties and some tough times. And the battle is heavy. You know, but one thing that we do have. We have a God that's available to us 24-7. We have a name that we can call upon and, and the manifest presence of God will show up. And that's the name of Jesus. The name of Jesus. And we have a God that listens to us and a God that visits with us. And a God that we can cry out to. A God that understands us better than we understand ourselves. So I don't ever want to get to that place through the hardship. Because there is hardship. We know I can't deny that. And it's just like Jason said, somebody coughs and the, uh, uh. no, my throat's just dry. Amen. That's so, but it is a difficult time. The enemy comes in and, and deceives and lies. But, but one thing we can be sure of, the gates of Hades will not prevail. Amen. We are part of the church. We are the church. And the gates of hell will not prevail, the church. So through the hardship, I want to reassure you of one thing, is that you will come out on the other side purified if you stay the course. What is the course? You see, the course is, is difficult because 
We don't know the other, the other side of the course or, or the end of the course. But God knows the beginning and he knows the end. You see, God is looking at you and I through this perspective. He sees the end result. Now, whatever comes our way through our walk with the Lord or through our times of, or our struggles or, or our doubts or, or our hurts or, or, or times of, of unbelief or lack of faith or whatever you want to call it, God knows the end result. And he set out a course and mapped it out for each and every one of us. And it's a personal course. And through that personal course, there's going to be some things that take place. And in these things, we may try and draw comfort from others. But the only place that we can truly draw comfort and, and reassurance from is God himself. So he hasn't forgotten about the plan that he has for each and every one of us, have you? Because some of you have gone through some things. And some of you have reached a point where it seems like it's too hard to move forward. Or some of you have been through some hurts in marriage. Or maybe some marriages that, that uh, the enemy came in and destroyed. Or, or, or maybe your families, whatever has happened. Maybe you've been through that and it's too difficult to move forward. But I want to tell you today that it's time to move forward. Some of you have messed up. Some of you have have deliberately disobeyed God. Some of you have deliver, deliberately backed away from the things of God. But today is your day. And it's time to move forward. Because the time is growing short and God is looking for his people. And his people are those that... We know God visits us because when people come through those doors that maybe haven't been here before or maybe have been here before and have been away. But when they come through those doors and sense the presence of the Lord, we know that God is here. So with that being said, I, I just want to reflect a little bit on uh, people that, that went through hardship. I, I don't know anybody in the Bible that I read about that didn't experience difficulty and hardship. You know, I mean, I don't know if, if the, the, the degree of the difficulty uh, determines, you know, the, the call of the person or the greater the call or not. But what I do know is this, is we are all called. And, and, there, and no matter what difficulty that I go through, you know, though maybe I've had victory in that area before or maybe uh, uh, I've overcome in certain areas, it's always more difficult because the degree of uh, of the things that are thrown at us are greater. But let me tell you what, the victory is always greater. And the anointing and what you receive on the other side is always something greater. You see, if we stay parked in one place, God is not, God is not uh, uh, concerned about anything else but your heart towards him. He doesn't care where you live, what you live in, what you drive, what you have, what you don't have. He doesn't care anything about that. What he does care is about this. Is if you're the one that greets him first thing in the morning in that prayer closet. If you're the one that comes to him at that time and you open up your heart to him and he's there waiting for you. He doesn't care about anything else. You're not going to take it anywhere you, when you leave this planet anyways. He's concerned with his kingdom, and he's concerned with this. No matter what the hardship is, are you going to give him glory anyways? 
Are you going to give God glory through the trial? Are you going to give God glory through the hurt? Are you going to give God glory through the hardship? Are you going to stand and give your God praise no matter what comes your way? Or are we going to are we going to turn to to the other things that we've turned to maybe men, women, drugs, uh, 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 pride, alcohol, you know, whatever it is, are we going to turn to the Lord or, and stay focused on Him or are we going to turn to everything else the world has to offer? Relationships. See, what matters to Him is our heart towards Him. That's truly what matters to Him. Where are we at? What consumes your thoughts and what consumes your actions? Are, are they the things of God? If they aren't, it, it doesn't really doesn't concern you. It doesn't matter to him. He responds to our, uh, uh, our devotion to him. That's what he responds to. It doesn't matter what your first name is, what your last name is. It doesn't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter uh, uh, your past. It doesn't matter who you think you are. God doesn't make mistakes. But what are we going to do with the opportunity? There are, there are too many people like, like this man that have blown off opportunities. Sometimes we say that God will come and he'll allow us to, you know, there are certain times in my life where I haven't spoken to somebody I should have or led somebody to him that I should have and God gives me another chance. But I'm going to tell you something, that there are certain opportunities that are missed. And those are, those are missed opportunities, and those are opportunities that, that sometimes we deliberately ignore. But we're getting to a time right now where it's, it's an imp so important to the Lord that his church should stand up. I, I'm blessed to see people all over uh, you know, the church really rising up in these times in this United States. I know that there's a lot going on, and I know that we've faltered, but right now, I, I, you know, it may be what the, 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 what is the, the last part of the game in baseball? Top of the ninth, uh, bottom of the, what is it? The bottom of the ninth. We're, we're, we're at the place. This is it. This will determine what kind of finish that we will have as the church. God has already predetermined it. And the church will co go through it. But how many will be in that place? How many will be the ones that make it through? And, I, and I, I've seen the church as they stand, and they're standing for, for what's right in the nation, and they're proclaiming the name of Jesus and blowing the shofar in Washington, D.C. And they're, you know, the church is rising up. Remember I told you that the that, that trial stirs the church, that that. that, that, that uh, revival comes when, when trial hits the house of God. When trial hits your life, God starts to revive something. When trial hits your life, God starts to stir something up. When trial hits your life, the Lord starts to speak because we start to seek him out more. When hardship comes in, what do we do right away? We, you know, we run to God first. <laughs> Why don't they have church all week long? I would be there. Don't they know I'm going through a trial? 
But you were nowhere to be seen a month ago when you weren't going through the trial. But right now, God has gotten your attention. And it's time to respond to him. And the Lord is, is looking for a response from his church. The purified bride. That, are we in anticipation, always looking up? The Bible says, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. Where is he coming today? What's going to happen today? I don't know if he's coming back, but I know there's a work to do for the kingdom. There's people without Christ. There's people that need the Lord. There's people that need me to stand. There's people that need me to tell them about him. There's people that need me to, to be a voice for the Lord. I don't want to stay bogged down on, uh, on the things that I go through, man. I'm telling you, just to get where I'm at right now has been a struggle. It's been a battle. It's been a fight. But I'm not built to break. When God constructs something, he constructs something that's going to be durable. I always say this, and as we minister in, in, in marriage counseling, I, I always say this because I see it. Women are durable. They can go through all kinds of stuff. And they continue to pull through. But once they reach a point, something inside of them turns off and they walk away from everything. And I can't say that's a, that's a bad thing because we're not called to be anybody's doormat. That's a different sermon. But what I can say is that we can learn durability. You know, too many people panicking right now in the face of what's going on. I don't know about you, but my God still shows up. I don't know what happened to that young man that came in and bawled his eyes out. I know there's one in here still, but there was another one. I don't know where he is, but I do know this. He cried out to the Lord at this, at this altar. And, and, and I'm telling you, God did some healing and, and he did some uh, renewing and, and preparing. Because I'll tell you what, right now God is preparing us for something great. So it's in response to that, it's our uh, responsibility to, to answer the call. To stop being afraid. To stop running from the things of God. We ran before. We were running before this virus hit. Now it's time for the church to run into the arms of the Lord. And it's time for us to take our places and to stand firm. You see, through the difficulties, God is producing something in you. Through the hardships, God is preparing you for something. How can we be trusted with souls? Uh, somebody else's, you know, that's what he, and after a while, God entrusts us with people. You know, well, some of us don't like to be entrusted with many things. And some of us just like being entrusted or, or we think we're doing our part just by, by, you know, God has entrusted us with, your, with families. That, that's a given. But when you go beyond that, that's the heart of Christ. That's the heart of Jesus. You, it's a given to do what you need to do. But when you go beyond that, you know that God has placed his heart in you. Let me read a little bit. 
we're pressed for time, so I'll, I'll read some and then see what the Holy Ghost does. Because that's what we do, amen? He says, I'll tell you afterwards, you don't have to turn there right away. Dear friends, do not be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering as though something strange were happening to you. Is anybody experiencing that? <laughs> is anybody experiencing that? It, you know, I, why is it such a surprise? Why is everything that's taking place such a surprise? It shouldn't be. He promised it to us. He promised it to If everything is going smooth, you better go out, out there and start ministering to some people on the streets. Because I'm telling you what, you've disengaged yourself from the battle. If everything is going smooth, you better check yourself and see how close you are to the Lord or how far you've drifted from him. If there's no struggles and there's no battles, that means that you're not making progress in the kingdom. The battles are, I'm going to tell you something else. You can't make much, make much progress at home after a while. Some of us are, are, are cooped up at home. Some of us are, are man, we, I mean, we love that place of comfort. But there's a lost and dying world out there that we're accountable for. There's a nation that we're accountable for. There's people that we're accountable for. So the trial comes as, as God is, is molding us and preparing us for the things to come. But rejoice, he says. And he says rejoice to what? The trial and the suffering. And remember there's two kinds of suffering. Self-induced suffering. Which means consequences to things that we've done. And there's God's suffering. The refining in the fire for the things that are to come. But I'll tell you, repentance brings uh, us through the fire of our own affliction. He says, but rejoice that you participate in the sufferings of Christ so that you may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. If you are insulted because of the name of Christ, you are blessed. For the spirit, uh, you are blessed for the spirit of glory and of God rests on you. If you suffer, it should, be, uh, it should not be as a murderer or thief or any other kind of criminal or even a meddler. What is a meddler? Entremetido, that's what. Wow. <laughs> However, if you suffer as a Christian, do not be ashamed, but praise God that you bear that name. So I'm going to tell you the truth. From here on in, there's going to be greater suffering than you've ever experienced before if you bear the name of Christ in this nation. Because everything is, or many things, the enemy has infiltrated. And many things are going against the church right now. 
But what they don't know is we got our God thundering at the head of our army. Amen? So we, uh, though fear tries to come in, we shouldn't be afraid. I mean, I'm one in, that believes in protecting my family, my wife, my whatever. You know, I believe in protecting the church. I do believe in that. And, 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 and first and foremost, I do my protection best on my knees. Remember, neology. That's where I do my best studying and my best work and, and because I know that I'm in uh, communi communion with God Almighty himself. I know that the revelation that I'm going to get is not going to be distorted. I know I won't be distracted. But I know that what he's going to produce in me is courage and strength and a desire to move forward. Knowing that that's what I, I mean, without, I, I searched all over for wondering what my life should be around, uh, about. I, I looked in money, I've looked in cars, I've looked in, in, in whatever else I've looked in, but I'm telling you, I didn't find uh, my value and my fulfillment till, I, till, till Christ called me and I listened. And this is where I find fulfillment in. This is what I find it in. And the service to the Lord and, 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 and moving forward in the kingdom of God, that's where you're going to find your fulfillment. So it's time to get up and it's time to stand up. It's time to uh, dust yourself off. It's time to stop whining. It's time to stop complaining. It's time to stop pointing fingers. It's time to stop blaming. And it's time to rise up. It's time to take your eyes off of yourself. It's time to take your eyes off of everybody else. It's time to put your eyes on Jesus. Because there's work <clears throat> that lies ahead of us. And I'm not going to settle for, for, for finishing where we're at. I'm not going to settle. I mean, if Jesus comes back, he comes back. But how can one... Witness even what took place today or even be a part of it or even experience it. I know some of you were out of it. Some of you didn't, uh, may not have received from it. But I know that God still touched you. I know it was strange. I know the first time I went into a church like that, I've told you before. It's a very strange thing. You know, the prophet said, there's somebody in here that's dying to go out and smoke a cigarette. And I just looked at my friend that took me there, and I said, man, what did you tell him before the service, buddy? But whether you think you're receiving or, or not, or whether you think it's uh, funny or not, or whether you think whatever, or whether you're immersed in that place, because I just dove in. I, I want to dive into the things of God. I, I want to jump in with both feet. I don't want to get my toes wet. I don't want to get wet up to my ankles. I don't want to get wet up to my knees or my waist or my chest. I want to be immersed. I want to be drowning in the things of God. So the hardship that you will experience is merely going to produce something mighty and something great inside of you. How many of you know that there's something great inside of you that has not yet come out? There's been certain great things maybe that have through Jesus, 
But there are certain things that have not yet come out. And wouldn't it be a shame to die that way? That it never came out. Or we got to a point where we said, I did all this, but yet. <laughs> Didn't he say you... Uh, uh, you prophesied in my name, you did this, you did that, and I didn't even know you? Wouldn't it be a shame to get to a place uh, where we didn't even know the Lord? And he didn't know us. We knew all of the, how it was to, to, to go through all of the motions of Christianity. And many times that's how it is. We know when to raise our hands, when to say Amen. When to even do some of the things, things in the ministry that we like doing. See, God honors you taking a step of faith and doing things in the ministry that you do not like doing. Because those are, gonna, those are the things that produce something within you because you become totally dependent on him. When you're dependent on yourself, it leaves room for you to be happy with whatever you can do in your own strength, self-made. So he says, when you suffer, when you go through something that produces something greater in you, that's godly suffering. When you go through something that produces something greater in you. I'm going to read something. I haven't, I've read it every now and then. And it was, uh, I wrote it down years ago, and uh, some of you are familiar, I'm sure most of you have heard of Dr. Uh, David Jeremiah, uh, but this is what he said about a nation. And he said this, so I, I got to take this as a, as, a, as a prophetic word, because this was spoken years and years and years ago before we started even going through any of the things we're going through now. But he says, the average for a nation uh, the average uh, uh, lifespan of a nation is, has been 200 years, give or take. That's the average. Okay? Uh, and what he says is this. He says, this is the sequence, okay, uh, that a nation goes through. From bondage uh, to spiritual faith, okay, that's one. Two is from spiritual faith to great courage. Haven't we seen the, the courage in this nation? Remember, I told you about George Washington, a story that I read about when he, when he was in the battlefield and God had set him apart as his set man for the time. And George Washington was engaged in this heavy-duty battle where, where there was so much uh, intense fighting going on. Rifles were being fired. And he was on a horse. He, I mean, he was like a prime target. And, and, the, and those that witnessed this said that, that uh, first the ones on the opposite side or, or the other side, the ones they were fighting against, said this. We were shooting at him with our best marksmen. They were the best shooters around and they were shooting at him. And, 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 and it seemed like they couldn't hit him. And then after the battle, those that were on George Washington's side said when he got off of his horse... All they could see was, was tears in his uniform that he was wearing from the bullets that hit him but didn't do any harm to him. So I want to tell you right now, 
If you're at a place where you're saying, you know what, and, I, and I'm having an altar call here in a minute, where, and this is going to be, it's going to go hand in hand with the altar call that, that, that we had earlier. If you're at a place where you're going to say, you know what, I'm ready and I'm going to stand and I'm going to do what I need to do at this time. I got to tell you right now, you're bulletproof. The enemy cannot harm you. And God will see you through it, but it's going to take an extraordinary trust in the Lord. Something that seems that, that, that we lack sometimes, especially now. So George Washington came out. There was just like bullet holes in his, in his jacket and there was no bullets that hit him. That's amazing to me. So stage two was this, from spiritual faith to great courage, from great courage to liberty or freedom, from liberty to abundance. Hasn't the, hasn't the nation become so, I mean, when I was a kid, we, we didn't, I mean, you know, maybe it was just us, but we, <clears throat> it seemed like we were a lot poorer. I don't know. I know we were, but it seemed like there was, you know, and we were satisfied, you know, with what we had. We had plenty to eat. You know, maybe we didn't have a whole enough for the, uh, the, the best of the best of the best. But I'm telling you, we ate well, and there was a lot of love in our home. I want to tell you that much. A lot of love in our home. But then all of a sudden, prosperity comes in, and, and, and it's weird how the divorce rate goes up. Because people think it's too easy to walk out of something. That's worthwhile fighting for it. I'm not... I'm, I'm not coming down on those that have been through that. That's, a, that's probably the most painful thing anybody could go through. Because you give your heart into something. But I'm saying that this nation has produced a, a, just a real shallow mindset. We, don't, we have no depth, it seems like it. Where's the depth? Where's the spiritual depth? From great courage to liberty, from liberty to abundance, from abundance to complacency, from complacency to apathy, from apathy to dependence, from dependence back to bondage, will become a slave again. Isn't that what's happening now? Our, our, you know, the answer is not more uh, government stimulus. You know what that's teaching us? Too much dependency on government. And eventually it'll, it'll cause control. So apathy is this. And I want to tell you right now that some of this has, has, has infiltrated the church. Some of us were very desperate when we came in here. Some of us had such a desperation and I'm telling you that we've lost that desperation. And it's time to get, not a desperation to, to get, for God to get us through what we're going through, for whatever. It's a desperation for Christ. You've heard the saying before, too many times we're, we're, we're seeking the hand of God and not seeking his face. So uh, the apathy in the church is this lack of interest or enthusiasm or, or concern even for others. Uh, unresponsiveness. Does the church even have a pulse right now? Or is it on life support? 
Does your walk have a pulse right now or is it on life support? A little hint of a pulse. Uh, absence or suppression of passion or excitement. How many of us are excited about what God's doing? Uncaring attitude, passiveness, lack of interest. Opposite of apathy is care, concern, uh, feeling, interest, passion, sensitivity, sympathy. So right now, I'll tell you, I don't know that this nation's going to get any better. But I do know that the kingdom of God is getting better and better and better and better every day. And there's a dependency. It's not a self-reliance. It's a reliance on God. I've seen many, even in this church, they were good. Well, they didn't have much and they weren't making that much money and they weren't uh, whatever. And then after a while, when God starts to prosper, because that's what he does, after a while they start to drift away from the things of God. Tithing becomes a, uh, an afterthought. And I've seen many walk away from God's best, seeking after the world's best, thinking they're going to get fulfilled, but they just get emptier and emptier and emptier. So right now, I would like for you to bow your heads. So I, I am just looking for someone, whatever, however many of you is good. But I'm looking for somebody that's going to make that commitment and say, you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes. I, I'm going to do whatever I need to do in order to make this thing work. Whatever trial that be brings, whatever fight that brings, whatever takes place, I'm going to still do it, and I'm not going to complain about it. I'm not going to have attitude about it. Because I want to be in the fight. Some of you need to come off of the sidelines and be engaged. So if that's you, I want you to come up, because I believe there is an anointing up here. I believe this goes hand in hand with everything that was said before. Everything that was ministered. I believe there's a special anointing up here. I do. The presence of God is here with us. And I'm talking about stepping it up, even for me, even for those that are engaged in the battle, I'm going to step it up, man. It's time. Hallelujah. The time is short, Lord. The time is short, God. 
This is a time of desperation, Lord. We need you, God. And you desire to use us. So I pray, Lord, that we would do our part in what you've called us to do, Lord. That we would stand firm. We felt your love in this place this morning, God. Your love was evident. And I know that it hasn't been easy even up to this point, Lord. But we're willing, God. So we make a stand and we take a stand, Lord God. And we ask you, Lord God, we lay down our lives, Lord. For you, for the sake of the kingdom. I don't want to play church anymore, Lord God. I don't want to play games anymore, Lord. I don't want to be looking at what I lack, Lord God, what I don't have, Lord. I want you, God. And I want your plan, Lord. And I want it like never before, Lord. I'm desperate for it, God. Things always seem to be getting in the way, Lord. So I pray that you will remove the obstacles, God. If the obstacles meet, Lord, I ask you to move that, remove that obstacle, God. That attitude, maybe, that uh, lack of desire, Lord, lack of interest. If that's what it is, I ask you to remove it, Lord. Take it, God, because I don't want it anymore. Lord, place within me a fire, Lord, that does not stop burning, God. A fire that is so contagious, Lord God, way more contagious than this uh, disease that's going around, Lord God, but that this fire would be so contagious, Lord God, that it will not be contained, Lord, because it's a fire from your kingdom, God. So I pray, Lord God, that you would use us, Lord, Send us, Lord God. Use us for your honor, for your glory, Lord, and anoint us because we need it, God. We make a decision, Lord. We're desperate, Lord, for you. We're desperate for a move of God. So we proclaim right now that Española belongs to you. We proclaim right now, Lord God, that Santa Fe belongs to you. Chimayo belongs to you. Taos, everything in between, Lord. Uh, we, we believe right now Rio Riba County belongs to you. Santa Fe County, all the other counties, Bernalillo County. We lay claim over these places, this state, Lord God. Arizona, we lay claim over. Utah, Lord. Montana, all of, the, all of these states around us, Lord God. Texas, Lord, we, lay, we cross the border into Mexico and we lay claim over Mexico, Lord God, over for you. Central America, Lord, we lay claim over this nation, Lord God. And we do pray for Israel, Lord. We pray, Lord God, we lift up Israel to you, God. And we know, Lord, we understand that we have been grafted into the vine, Lord. And we understand that they are your people, God. So we pray that you would bring revival, God. Bring truth. Let people respond to you, Lord. So we ask us, we ask you, whatever you do with us, whether it's keep us here, whether you send us someplace, whatever it is, Lord, we need your power and we need your anointing, God. So we respond to you right now and to this message, Lord God. And I know that with this response, trial comes, Lord. But I know that we're more than conquerors, Lord. 
We've been called and set apart for your honor and your glory, Lord. So we ask you to strengthen us. Give us everything that we need, God, that we will see this through. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. He's worthy, amen. He's worthy. He's worthy. His name is Jesus. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.